everyone. It's Hannah Nieves here of the Thrive Society podcast. And today I had the privilege of interviewing Madison Tinder. Madison is a marketing and visibility expert who helps online coaches and service providers drive sales in their business through visibility strategies like video and social media content to build trust driven content. I'm so excited to bring Madison on. Let's get started. Hi, everyone. It's Hannah Nieves of the Thrive Society podcast. And today I have Madison Tinder. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. Me too. Me too. So tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do, who you serve. Yeah. So I'm Madison. I'm a visibility and marketing expert. So I serve online female entrepreneurs who are just wanting to get more visible, really without chasing their ideal customer is something that I just preach all the time to drive sales in their business. So I started off as a social media manager and now I am a visibility and marketing expert. I can't use visibility coach because it's trademark. So I have to avoid that. (laughs) That's crazy, but okay. (laughs) So tell us a little bit about, because your story is so fascinating. So can you give us your story? Like how did you end up in this space? Talk to us about that. Yeah. So I went to school for journalism. So I wanted to be a sports reporter. It was like my dream growing up forever, ever since I can remember. So I went to school to do journalism and I was a senior in college and I was like, I don't want to do this. Like, I don't want to move to some random city and be on the news for like not making hardly any money. That just, I don't think I was destined to do that, but I decided that my senior year of college and it was just kind of a last minute situation. So I knew I wanted to stay in sports because I love sports so much. Um, I just grew up around it and I knew I wanted to work in sports. Um, so I applied to grad school at Southern Methodist University in Dallas. Um, I was at University of Kentucky for my undergrad and I got in, <laughs> I failed the GRE really bad. Um, <laughs> And I got in. So I I got in and I was very surprised. So I packed up all my things and moved to Dallas by myself. And I started doing sports marketing. And for a hot second, I wanted to be a lawyer. So I took the LSAT to be a sports attorney and I failed that and I didn't get into law school. So I was like, I just need to stop coming up with things I want to do and just stick with sports Mm -hmm. marketing. So my dream was to work with the Dallas Cowboys. Um, that's the whole reason I really applied to move to Dallas. And the grad school was only for like a year. And I actually had an interview with the Cowboys. So I was really excited wow. for just doing social media, like being a social media coordinator. And But all, all that time, there was something in my gut. It was like I was so scared to do that. It's like something didn't feel right to me. Um, I didn't get the job. So I was like really upset. I remember I just didn't get it. I had like a phone interview is between me and a few other women and I didn't get it. So I ended up getting a part-time job doing social media management um, for a team doctor for the Mm -hmm. Dallas Mavericks. Mm -hmm. And I loved it. I fell in love. I was like, I'm so good at this. I'm so good at social media. I'm a millennial. I know what I'm doing. (laughs) I know how to post on Instagram, but it was more than that. So I really had to teach myself. Um, I knew marketing. I had a few internships and did some marketing campaigns uh, for some apps athletes and I did social media. So I knew what I was doing, but it was a different thing to do social media management, like managing someone else who you don't really know, um, social media. So I got more clients from referrals and I started, um, showcasing my portfolio on my business Instagram, um, which is still there to this day. Um, if you just scroll all the way back, 
And that's when I got introduced to the online space. I started with consulting and then moved and now I'm doing visibility and marketing coaching. So it was like a long wind of everything that I was doing um, on anywhere like I had uh, knowledge and like video editing, marketing campaigns and stuff like that. But it's completely, it was just a whole different avenue, just being in the online space. That's kind of my story. I know it's pretty long, but <laughs> trying to no, show it. So, so good. And I mean, you've just built such an incredible platform and you clearly are an expert when it comes to social media and bringing visibility in your business. So talk to me a little bit about how you've utilized these different techniques because again, like I know visibility coach is taken as a trademark, but like talk to me a little bit about like how you leverage that within your business. Yeah. I think it's because, um, number one, I had a lot of video background. So just Mm. being in broadcast and on the camera, I've always been comfortable on the camera. Like I've never really had that fear because I had to do it in front of a lot more people. And I just firmly believe that video really changed my business. Like I feel like without video, without like getting on stories or doing IGTVs or video messaging that I just wouldn't be where I am today. So it's something that's grown in my business. Most of my sales come from my Instagram stories. So I really teach people to leverage the visibility um, aspect. I personally don't like, I have a hard time doing um, engagement like social media engagement, engage for 30 minutes a day. I'm just like, not about that. It's just the way that I'm wired. And, but I know the impact of visibility, whether that's collabs, whether that's giveaways, bundles, things that you're doing that can really benefit. So that's really what I help out with my clients. But I also do like the business side, like the product suite and building out an actual business. But I just learned so much from being on video and I have learned from my marketing background of how to leverage platforms, even when you have a higher following. Um, And I've just learned more about sales and selling through visibility. And that's just really impacted my business. That's incredible. That's incredible. And you've done a lot of collaborations within your business, right? To increase your client base, but also to be able to educate your audience too. So can you talk about like the collaborations piece and how that ties into video and, and just expand on that? Yeah. So a few things that... I love to tell my clients is I have like a little uh, strategy when I launch, I always just have some type of lead magnet or something free. I mean, I think free things are great. People love free things. Um, and I always tell them like, Hey, can you collab with someone else? So I always talk about how Instagram collabs or Facebook collabs or whoever can, when you're promoting each other's freebies or free challenges, free masterclasses or something. And I, I tell people this, they're like, Oh, but I don't, I, what if like they steal my followers? What if like I steal theirs? That's not going to happen. Your whole audience is not going to buy from you. That'd mm-hmm. be nice. Um, but if you look at it as if you collab with 10 other women who are maybe doing something similar to you, or maybe they aren't, they just have a clientele that could be your ideal clients and they each have a thousand followers. Maybe um, there's 10 of them. So that'd be almost 10,000 followers you could impact from doing the collabs that could be coming mm-hmm. back to your profile. But you, thinking it like strategically and with conversion you just want to draw people to your profile, but then you have to make sure that your profile is up to date. You're putting out consistent content. So they go through that Instagram buyer journey with you. So that's why I always say collabs, like Instagram story collabs, when you have something free, Facebook collabs, podcast collabs, a podcasting is a great way to get visible. People find 
you from working out on their way to work. Mm-hmm. Like it's a whole different avenue than just people don't check their social media all the time. So really thinking outside the box, how can you draw more people to your profile and not like chase more people? I love that. I love that. And in terms of like, I think you mentioned this on one of your Instagram posts the other day, and you were talking about like when people land on your profile, here are the things that you need to be doing within your profile, like your highlights and your Instagram stories and things like that. Do you have any tips or recommendations for that? Yeah. So, I mean, if you're doing great with the visibility and you're doing the giveaways, bundles, podcast collabs, whatever you can, but if your profile is not like followable, then you're, you're not going to, it's their job to click follow and if they want to follow or not. So I always say like, number one, you want to make sure like people, I really do think the aesthetic really matters about your Instagram. Mm -hmm. We are so drawn to feeds who, that are just super eye-pleasing. And I think it's one of those things that we have to focus on the photos and having good branding is really key. It's super attractive. So that's the first thing they look at really is like, what is your profile? How does it speak to them? Um, Does it make them feel warm, comfortable, emotional? Um, And just really looking at number two, your highlights. So people, Mm -hmm. people do not keep up with their highlights. (laughs) And I think that it's important to keep up with your highlights because if an ideal customer goes through your highlight, they want to learn more. They might message you or say, oh, this is a great tip. Um, And it just positions you more as an authority. And then they're going to hit your stories where I think with stories, your warmest audience hangs out on your stories. That's where a lot of times you can convert, but you want to make sure they stay locked into your stories. So you're showing up consistently consistently, you're providing the valuable content, you're being personal. Um, That's a great way to get them to come back for more. So it really starts Mm -hmm. in what does your profile look like? Can they go to your highlights and see more to build that awareness? And then they get locked in with your stories. And obviously they read your bio. um, But a lot of us really know that it's important to have a strong bio and maybe have a link there where once they're done watching your stories and they get locked in, maybe they can download your free lead magnet or head to your Facebook group or see what kind of services you have on your website. So you really have to think about your Instagram really as a journey and the entry like the entry to your funnel, I would say, um, mm-hmm. it's free. It's like a, Instagram is free. It could be considered your free lead magnet or your freebie if you don't have one. Absolutely. It's so powerful though, as well, even when I first started my business and just seeing how like week over week and month over month, like how your impressions increase. And then just the engagement within stories is so true. And like, those are your warmest people, right? The people that are engaging back with you. I love that. So let's shift gears a little bit and talk about video because that is your area of expertise here. So Aside from the stories, like how else have you leveraged video to create the trust um, driven content that you're talking about to utilize other platforms like YouTube or whatever? Is there anything else? Yeah. So I think a big thing is, um, I don't use YouTube, but I will start a YouTube, but it's definitely a lot of work. I do watch YouTube though. And I think it's one of those things where YouTube is great, but you have to be consistent and keep up with it. It's like three videos a week if you're wanting to hit the Mm -hmm. rankings, but I actually do a lot of video lead magnets. Um, and one of the things that I really see in the online space is when people are creating like something free that can draw a customer in, it's not that good. And I think that if you're creating a free PDF, that's fine. But what happens if you add a video to it? It just leverages the PDF even more. So I do a lot of free video lead magnets because me speaking on video, I have that human to human connection. It just humanizes my lead magnet more. 
draws them in. So they're wanting to watch it more and they're going to be more likely to open my email since they already know what I see and, or they already know like what my voice sounds like and, and what I look like. So they're more likely to open the email, see the value I provide. So I do a lot of video lead magnets either on Zoom or just in Kajabi or like as a free little mini course or just a pre-recorded masterclass from a while ago, repurposing to a lead magnet. So I like to use free video lead magnets. I also like Facebook. If you have Facebook groups Mm -hmm. um, going live in there weekly, I think a group just kind of pictures you more as the expert. I mean, Instagram, there's so many people doing the same thing you are doing, but on Facebook groups, like they're there for your group only inside the group. Um, So lives on there and I do IGTVs. I did a lot of them, um, but I think while you're building the trust with your audience and while you're focusing on getting visible, IGTV is really good. And I know it can be a pain, but you want to definitely caption your IGTVs just to make it accessible for people. And Mm -hmm. I use veed.io to caption my videos. Um, So because people listen to them with the sound off. And I think it's a great way to draw more visibility. You could do a cool IGTV series, um, maybe a few times a month. And it's a great way for people on your feed who don't like to watch your stories can still see that video aspect. So making sure like if you're just starting or you don't want to be overwhelmed with video, I would say stories. And then I would start introducing IGTV video and thinking about doing a video lead magnet instead of a PDF workbook or just doing them like both together. I love this. I feel like I have so many ideas now. My, my mind is twirling right now. I love that. Do you have any recommendations or people, cause I know a lot of people on here are going to be like, okay, now how do I implement? Do you have any recommendations or for equipment or how to shoot video on, you know, in its highest quality without maybe hiring someone to do it for you? Yeah. You definitely don't need to hire a video editor. I mean, you totally can if you want to. I actually have a, it's called HD 1080 Logitech webcam that I stick on my iMac. Um, I think I got it for on Amazon. It wasn't that expensive at all. I'm using that now. It just makes my Zoom a lot clearer um, and my videos a lot clearer if I'm just mm-hmm. filming on my Mac. So I use that. I have a ring light, a really big one. Mm-hmm. I got it off Amazon. I, I have one too. <laughs> I think everyone should have a ring light, but um, I actually find that the net, like I do videos in front of like my natural light windows. Um, I think that it's a lot better than a ring light, but if you're filming in the morning or at night, I will use a ring light microphone. To be honest, I use my computer microphone to film like videos and you can't even tell a difference. Now, if you have, mm-hmm. I have an iMac, so it's a lot different, but if you have some other type of computer or a laptop, I, I get my mic off Amazon, just like a podcast mic. So I really mm-hmm. like that. That's what I'm using now. And it should bring good quality to your videos too, if you wanted one. And I would say what else? I use iMovie or Adobe to edit. Um, I've used Adobe like for the past 10 years, just like editing mm-hmm. stuff. But iMovie is pretty simple too if you have Apple. But Adobe is great with editing videos if you need to edit. And you have iMovie on your phone too. So I edit IGTVs on iMovie and so um, or like Video Shop or something. They're both um, free, so free to use. I love it. 
So good. Thank you so much for those recommendations. I'm going to link them in the show notes below. So this is incredible. I feel like I could keep talking about video content and just like authority. That's something I always talk about, right? Especially with PR, right? It's like building yourself up as the authority and being that credible source for people. But I want to segue into a different part of the interview that um, I always look forward to asking and a lot of the audience does too. And that's why I started Thrive Society. I share my own struggles in the beginning in episode zero, but um, every entrepreneur has faced their own challenges, faced their own you know, struggles, have helped shape and mold. And I think a lot of the times with the online space specifically, it's all beautiful and you know, aesthetically pleasing with our profiles, but we really don't know like what actually had to happen to get to where we got to, right? Um, so is there anything within like your business, your past that has helped like, or has changed or molded you? You know? Yeah. Yeah. So I would say like in my personal life, I've definitely gone through some things. Um, my parents yeah. got divorced when I was young. My mom was a say like she worked and, but I watched her, she worked from home and she became really successful. And I think that it was just very molded in me to work from home. Um, and my personal relationship with my dad is not there, is non-existent, mm-hmm. which is fine. It's just, yeah, it, it's, that's what happens. Right. And I think that really uh, the motivation for my family and to really, you know, how, when I have my future kids, when I have my future family, like to really motivate them to, Hey, you can work from home. Hey, you can be successful. I think that's what motivates me, but the struggles in my personal life really molded in to how I've been able to have a great career. And I take with Mm. me through working in sports, honestly, um, I have very masculine energy and people probably feel that, but I love, I have feminine energy, but the discipline from me playing sports Mm -hmm. and the long nights, the mornings, that was a struggle, like going through, like being a college athlete, like was the hardest thing ever, but that molded me into having discipline in my business a hundred percent. And I think that's why I've been able to scale fast is just because I'm very disciplined in my day-to-day life, my routine, just kind of what I do. It's not very robotic, Mm -hmm. but it's what I like. Um, so that's really helped me. And then, wow, when I started my business, I struggled so hard. I mean, (laughs) I think it was three months until I actually got a client, like three to five months. I, I mean, social media management was fine, but I had no idea how to sell. I had no idea what I was doing, um, but I just kept going and I couldn't sell anything. I sold, I remember the story I sold. I had like a LinkedIn ebook for $27 in September, 2018. I sold two and one of them was my mom who bought <laughs> Oh, <laughs> and I just did not know how to sell at all, but you just have to continuously learn and push forward. And that's really like what I've done. But I would say like a mix of personal and business struggles has kind of gotten to me where I am today. So I feel like I'm seeing that commonality with so many people. Again, it just goes back to like what you see on social media. Like you really don't know the backstory too of like how people got there or um, even like I was just having this other com- uh, this conversation the other day about like seeing, okay, whatever, i.e. 50, 100K months and you're like, okay, look, what? took uh, that person to get to that point, right? All the struggles and the challenges that you go through. This is just incredible. You're fascinating. I'm so happy you're here. Thank you. Tell me or tell the audience, how can people find and work with Mm -hmm. you? Do you have any cool freebies, things coming up that we should know about? Um, I'll link it below to just super helpful. 
Yeah. So you can follow me on Instagram at madison.tinder. My Facebook group and podcast is Soulful Social with Madison Tinder. Um, so if you just type in Soulful Social, you'll find me. Um, something new that I have coming up, I'm coming out with some scrunchies. I'm actually wearing one now. I love <laughs> um, it. Shop Soulful Scrunchies. So I'm really excited about it. I feel like that's like a passion project of mine. Um, freebies, I can put in my free content mini course. Um, it's Ooh, really yeah. great. Just finding content pillars, ideal customers, writing sales captions. So um, I can give you that to link. And then anything coming out soon, uh, other than mostly just my scrunchies, um, I will have a program launching in July, but I'll just give you the link to my free mini course. So Awesome. You are the best. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Thank you. And yeah, we'll chat soon. Thank you so much. Wow. That was incredible. Isn't Madison incredible? I mean, video content is so, so powerful. And when done in conjunction with your social media strategy can be an extremely powerful tool for you to build your know, like, and trust with your audience, right? So I am going to link all those incredible resources that she had mentioned in the show notes. I hope you enjoy and stay tuned for the next episode.